And good morning again. Thanks for tuning in to Wild Oak Living here on KZYXNZ. I'm happy to be with you on this cold, chilly morning. It's actually frosty here in the Ukiah Valley. I'm in the Talmadge studio, which is just uh, south of Ukiah, southeast of Ukiah. And uh, the the uh, grapevines and the grasses are covered with this beautiful, sparkling layer of gray frost. I'm not sure that the People who are trying to protect their plants are very happy about this frost, but it sure looks beautiful with the fog rising up from the Russian River Valley just and blue skies above. It just makes you happy to be here and happy to live in such a beautiful place. Welcome again to Wild Oak Living. Today, I don't have a guest. Today, I'm going to do what Lena Berman used to call a solo show. Uh, I'm going to bring you what I hope you will find to be some interesting topics this morning. I'm going to start out talking about uh, a topic that's close to our hearts now. For many people, actually probably for most of us, we all like to stay warm. And so I'm going to be talking about uh, wood heating a little bit. I do this, I try to do this once a year, but at least once every couple of years. When I moved here more than 20 years ago, I was new to wood heating and, um, I had to learn sort of, you know, on my own and by talking to neighbors and friends and watching what they were doing. But uh, I'm, I decided at some point that, you know, for we, we can all learn new things all the time. And somebody reminded me the other day, uh, new people move here all the time. And we all sort of have a point at, at which we can use some of the information that the locals here are already very familiar with. So if you already know all of this information, you know, maybe it bears hearing it again. But if you don't, please stay tuned. I, I, I've been wood burning now for more than 20 years. And even I learned some things when I did some of this research again and lined up some of the information information for you today. So that's what I'm going to start out with is talking about wood burning and also related to that um, I found an interesting article about how to lower heating costs this winter so I'm going to share some of that information with you as well. I think that's going to be relevant to people who are heating with uh, gas and uh, other fossil fuels prices of which uh, are going up not as much as in Europe uh, I've heard, but definitely, I think, more expensive this winter than last winter. And so we'll talk about that a bit. Um, then I'm going to go and move on to my favorite topic, um, gratitude. I found this wonderful deck of gratitude cards uh, from Grateful Living, which is a website that I've shared information with you from uh, occasionally. And I want to share that with you because, um, well, I'll, I'll explain why I want to share that to, with you. But uh, it's it's a really it's a really uh, interesting uh, item, and I think maybe uh, you would enjoy hearing about it, and maybe even enjoy using it yourself. So gratitude, and then I'm going to move on to hope and optimism. And talk a bit about a couple of websites that have continuously for many years now shared uh, information that inspire hope and optimism and that are, that are positive and solution focused. And in this era when we are all so focused on bad news, um, I think we can all use a little dose of hope and optimism. So that's going to be the outline for the program today. I am. Um, 
inspired to talk about wood heating because, as I said, I, I use wood heat myself and have for about a little more than 20 years. I make my own firewood with help sometimes, but mostly my, my, make my own firewood. And uh, uh, I don't. I try not to buy and import firewood, uh, and that's one of the topics I want to start out with. I'm going to share some information with you from the... Uh, EPA, the uh, Environmental Protection Agency, which is a national agency, and also I'm going to share a video with you, or actually the audio from a video with you, that was developed by the Department of Ecology in Washington State, which is also a big wood heating state, about wood burning etiquette and about uh, how to build a fire, how to make a fire last long, how to create less smoke and soot, and so all the, a lot of inf interesting information in this video. Before I uh, get into that, though, I want to talk, uh, because this is a rather generic video that doesn't talk about the situation here locally, and I just want to uh, remind everyone something that they also talk about on the EPA website about wood burning, uh, and that is the um, uh, where do you get your firewood from? And it is highly recommended that firewood not be imported from other regions, um, and that happens when we buy firewood in stores and places like that. Um, sometimes that firewood is uh, has been heat treated f uh, to hopefully take care of any pathogens that might be in the firewood, but often it is not. And therefore, when we import firewood from other regions, we run the risk of introducing pathogens from via that firewood into our own forests and into our own landscapes. And uh, that can happen, you know, on a larger scale, like when we bring in firewood from, you know, the southern states or or from wherever firewood is, is being brought in from. But it can also happen on a more regional level. You know, we can transport pathogens from one end of the county to the other just by transporting firewood and therefore um, and, and therefore uh, introduce pathogens into areas that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten to so easily if we hadn't transported the firewood. So that is one consideration. I realize that not everyone is able to make their own firewood on their own land. Um, both because either because you don't have the land and the and the uh, and the uh, wood that's available, or because, like me, I'm getting there. Um, you know, it's it's because it's physically not possible to do it. So, I'm still able to do it, but one of these days I won't be able to anymore. It's hard work, <laughs> as those of you who do that will know. And so, just something to keep in mind when we buy firewood from somebody else. Where is it coming from? And uh, and and is there a risk of introducing any pathogens to the critters and and trees and plants on our, on our own land or in our own region so that's one consideration and the other consideration about wood heating and that is something that is mentioned in this uh video that I'm I'm going to share with you in a minute uh and that is uh burning dry wood and this is where sort of some regional underst understanding about the regional and local conditions is can be helpful. We have basically three types of uh, wood that is most frequently burned here, and that is oak, uh, of course, in, in, any, in any shape or form, uh, including tan oak, and then uh, madrone. 
um, a little bit of some people who are fortunate, you know, and have some manzanita firewood. Um, and then the, and then there's, and those have been the hardwoods. And then there's the softwoods, all the, all the various fir trees, Douglas fir, pine, etc. Um, as you'll hear in the video, hardwoods are much preferred for burning in, in your wood stove or in your wood cook stove or fireplace, um, because, uh, they burn hotter and they burn longer. However, they also have to be seasoned for longer than um, uh, fir or pine. Um, the, the recommendation is to season uh, oak uh, and other hardwoods, madrone and other hardwoods, for at least a year. And that means splitting it and stacking it and letting it dry before you burn it. That's um, a goal. It's not always possible, but that's a goal if you want to burn the cleanest, hottest fires and waste the least wood uh, by uh, using the energy to cook out the water from your firewood, which is what happens when you burn wood that has more than 20% moisture in it. And uh, the video will explain a little bit about that. The other thing is, um, oh, and yes, and so hardwood should be seasoned for about a year. Softwood, like fir and pine, uh, can be split and stacked and seasoned for about six months in order to be burnable. Um, so those are, and, and manzanita, I don't, don't have any information about manzanita, but I guess it would be included into the hardwoods in terms of, uh, its requirement for being seasoned. Although it might even take longer than the other hardwoods because it is so hard to give up its, its, it, it might take longer to give up its moisture. So those are some of the thoughts, uh, locally. Um, the oak and, and madrone tend to be the most expensive firewoods because they also are, you know, the most, they burn the hottest and they last the longest and they are especially good for fires that we make in the evening, you know, when we want our house to stay somewhat warm during the night or when we wake up in the morning. Um, and the uh, the fur is you know tends to burn a lot faster and at, at lower temperatures. It's not that it's not usable. It's just that we have to understand its properties and what it does. And it tends not to be you know the kind of all nighter fire that some of us look for when we're trying to keep our house warm in the evening. So let's go ahead and and uh, listen to the information in this video from the Department of Ecology in Washington State. There is a similar video that you will find if you look for a site on the EPA website. If you look for uh, a page called BurnWise on EPA.gov, you will find a similar video. But this video from the Department of Ecology in Washington State is more comprehensive and has more information. So I'm going to share that with you. Uh, it is a video, but I think the audio is pretty self-explanatory and so I decided to play that for you because it covers a lot of important topics that have to do with wood stove. So let's go to that and let's see if we can get this video to play for you. Whether you're a new wood stove owner or have had one for some time, you might be surprised to learn that you may be able to operate your stove more efficiently, get more heat, and save money by doing so. Using your stove properly can reduce the amount of wood you use by up to a third, while giving you as much or more heat. Another benefit is cleaner air for you and your neighbors to breathe, both inside and out. Smoke coming from your chimney means your stove is not operating efficiently. Smoke is unburned fuel and a waste of your cash. 
With a little practice and care, you can easily produce a nice hot fire with little or no smoke. This applies to both older uncertified stoves and newer high-technology EPA-certified stoves. The newer certified wood stoves are highly engineered, high-performing appliances, but even they can be operated improperly and inefficiently. Certified wood stoves are unique because of how they are constructed. They use technology that creates an optimum burning environment and actually reburns the smoke to reduce it, which also produces more heat. When it is properly used, you should see no smoke coming from the chimney of a certified stove. Here are six steps to a fire that gives plenty of heat while saving your hard-earned money. First, select your fuel. It is extremely important to use the right fuel. Make sure your wood is very dry and well seasoned. Using green wood or wood that has not been properly dried significantly reduces the heat output of your stove and increases creosote buildup in your chimney. Firewood should be stacked for drying for at least six months and protected from fall and winter rains. Use a moisture meter available at most stores to tell if your wood is ready to burn. It should have 20% moisture or less. Or just knock on it. If it sounds hollow, it's probably seasoned. Second, start your fire right. Small hot fires are best. It's important to use smaller pieces of seasoned firewood when starting your fire so it will become a good hot fire quickly. It's best to keep the stove door slightly open for about a minute to help the fire get burning strongly before latching it. Third, get your stove hot. The key is to get the stove hot enough so it will perform as designed and reburn the smoke. Start with a small hot fire. Add larger pieces of wood one at a time as needed instead of loading your stove with several large pieces at once. Fourth, maintain the fire. For older uncertified wood stoves, be sure not to close the damper or air control too much. That makes the fire smolder and smoke. Don't overload any stove, which also causes smoldering. This creates too much smoke, produces less heat, builds up creosote in your chimney, and wastes your fuel and money. Fifth, keep the doors closed. Unless you are adding more wood, keep the doors closed so the stove will operate as designed. When the doors are open, you are losing heat up the chimney. And one final thing, never burn garbage. Do not burn junk mail, newspapers, or any other garbage in a wood stove. In most areas, burning garbage is illegal. A small amount of paper can be used to start the fire, but other than that, the only items to be burned in a wood stove are firewood, fire starters, and manufactured fire logs approved for use in wood stoves. After you have taken these steps, you can check how you're doing by looking for smoke from your chimney. If you are burning properly, you shouldn't see smoke. If you do, you'll need to review these steps again. Proper fuel and a hot fire are the most common solutions. Here are a few additional points to consider. Keep your chimney clean and clear by using a certified chimney sweep annually. Creosote caused by burning can build up in your chimney and create a safety hazard. Have your stove serviced yearly by a wood heat professional, preferably one certified by the National Fireplace Institute, to make sure your stove and chimney are in good shape. Clear out the ash regularly, but only after the ash has cooled completely. Leave about an inch of ash in the bottom of the stove for optimum performance. Dispose of the rest in a metal container. If you have questions or want to learn more about the most efficient, clean, and cost-effective operation of your stove, visit a local specialty hearth retailer. Okay, that was information from a video that you can find 
on the web. If you want to find uh, some of the information that I also uh, found and that I'm sharing with you today, I just simply typed wood stove etiquette into my favorite search engine, wood stove etiquette, um, and that will bring you uh, a lot of links to information. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of YouTube videos about various uh, facets having to do with wood burning. But this, uh, this uh, information that I just shared with you I thought was pretty comprehensive. Some of the things that they didn't mention uh, that uh, I wanted to mention, and by the way, you are listening to Wild Oak Living. I'm Johanna Wild Oak, and this program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 until 10 a.m. And today we are right now talking about wood burning. And uh, I'm sharing some information about wood burning with you. A little later in the hour, we're going to talk about how to lower heating costs for this winter. And then we're going to be moving on to talk about gratitude, hope, and optimism, and solution-oriented news, all of that. Yeah. By the way, uh, I am open to taking phone calls if you have some wood stove-related questions or wood burning-related questions, or if you have some information that you would like to contribute to this um, segment about wood heating, please feel free to give us a call. The number here in the studio is 707-895-2448, 707-895-2448. And speaking of studio and phone numbers, you probably, if you listen to us regularly, know that we've just concluded our pledge drive. Um, this is one of this was one of the two pledge drives a year that we do to raise the funds to keep this community station operating. We are now in our 33rd year, and every pledge drive, the magic happens in the community. You, all of you, step forward and donate whatever you can to support this radio station. And for various reasons, um, this 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 pledge drive that we just had a couple of weeks ago um, was actually really, really well done, and just was really exciting. And a lot of people, you know, told me how much they enjoyed the excitement on the air. But for whatever reason, we fell a bit short. Um, and the reason this is important is because it takes a certain minimum amount to run this radio station, and that's what we that's what what, what we set as a goal for the pledge drive. Our goal was a hundred thousand dollars and my understanding is we raised a little over seventy thousand and so we are trying to make up for this shortfall and we're not going to go back to full-time pledging and pitching we are we have returned to our normal radio program but we would just like to remind those of you whose membership if your membership has lapsed or if you've meaning been meaning to become a member and you just haven't gotten around to it I just would like you to know that he, that there is always a good time to do that and it's really really easy to do there are three ways that you can do it uh, first the first one is to just pick up the phone during business hours and call 707-895-2324 895-2324 and uh, whoever answers the phone ask them for Renee our membership person and she can take your pledge during business hours the second one is even easier you can go on the web to our website kzyx.org and click on the donate button and that will allow you to make a donation and become a member and the third one old school stick a check in or money order into an envelope and send it to kzyx p.o box one philo california nine five four six six 
And that is also a good way to become a member and to make a donation. And once once we receive your check, Renee will reach out to you and make sure that you're signed up as a member. Um, a really great way, a really great type of membership uh, that I've been doing for years and lots of people here do is called the sustaining membership. And what that means is that you... Um, you sign up to make it a monthly donation of uh, a certain amount, whatever you can afford. $10 is very common. And uh, also, you can, of course, do more, 15 20 I I really think a great one is what I used to call the calendar club, and that is a dollar a day, four quarters into a jar every day. And, uh, and that adds up to... Uh, a, quite a donation for KZYX uh, every every year, and it's uh, yeah, it's a significant amount. But ten dollars a month is in, in or more if you can afford it is is not something that's going to break the bank, and yet it keeps continuous support coming to the radio station to KZYX every month, and that's really really important because the bills also arrive every month, and we have to pay our bills every month. So if you can do that and go to KZYX.org and click on the donate button that would be great for ten dollar a month sustaining membership you can also get still one of the many uh, great thank you gifts that we have for your membership uh, and one of the ones that has been gotten a lot of good feedback uh, one of those thank you gifts is our new t-shirts they have arrived they are available and in stock now and they uh, they have they are both in they have a, a map of the county and I think it says something like KZYX connects I don't have the the picture in front of me right now but it's a really cool dark blue t-shirt and it and the great thing that I think the great thing is it comes in many different sizes including 3x so if been if you've been looking for a generously sized t-shirt that that shows that you support KZYX that would be a great one and you can get that for a ten dollar a month membership donation or $120 one-time donation. And again, kzyx.org, click on the donate button or call during business hours, 707-895-2324. That's our office number, 895-2324. And thank you so much to everyone who pledged during our pledge drive, especially thank you for those of you who pledged during Wild Oak Living two weeks ago. That was a really exciting show that we had with Catherine Cole and Judy Fiel. That was so much fun for me to be on the air with Catherine and with Judy Fiel. Um, and so we, I thank all of you who listened and tuned in and who pledged during that show. All right. You are listening to Wild Oak Living here on KZYX. It's almost 9.30. It's 9.28. I'm Johanna Wild Oak, and I am talking today about wood heating. So I'm going to spend a couple more minutes on wood heating. So if you want to call in and have a question about wood heating or if you would like to contribute to this uh, segment about wood heat, if, you've, if you're a, a veteran seasoned wood heater and you have some thoughts that, haven't, that I haven't covered so far, please feel free to join us. And in this, in this discussion, the phone number here in the studio is 895-2448. So that's 707-895-2448. But the couple of things that I wanted to mention that weren't covered in the information that I just played, uh, is, um, one one important consideration is to make sure that the area around your wood stove is kept clear, and that there's no there there are no curtains that can blow blow towards a hot wood stove if somebody opens a window or a door, or 
you know your re your box of recycling paper or anything like that um, it's it's really important to keep the area around the wood stove clear it's important that rugs and carpets that could uh, catch fire if a spark flies out of your wood stove you know let's say you open the door to add more f add more wood to the stove and just at that moment the fire decides to the logs decide to collapse and sparks are thrown and they land on a carpet um, near the wood stove that can start a fire especially if you don't notice it right away so it's important to keep carpets far away I always keep a spray bottle uh, with uh, with water near my wood stove in case there are sparks I can just spray squirt them and and put them out um, it's also important to keep a fire extinguisher in the room where your wood stove is or handy in whatever way it's handy so that you can reach it uh, because um, you know fires can start wood, wood stove woods burning is not without risk so keep a, a fully charged working fire fire extinguisher handy um, fire extinguishers do uh, go flat after a while so it's important to keep checking them and if you have the kind that needs to, that it can be recharged uh, you can there are places in town where you can get them recharged if it's not the rechargeable kind then it needs to be replaced and there'll be a little a little meter at the top of the bottle that will tell you whether it needs to be recharged or replaced uh, and whether it's still good the other thing the video mentioned uh, that I just want to reiterate is not to burn garbage but that also means not to burn things like construction wood painted wood wood that has glue on it um, you really should we really should only burn firewood um, and that goes, by the way, not just for burning wood in a wood stove. That also goes for um, fires that we, we burn outside. Uh, a lot of people prefer to not compost their brush, but to but to have uh, annual uh, fires outside to burn. You know, the the, the brush that they create. Uh, if you are one of those people. First of all, I would encourage you to consider doing something else rather than burning it, you know, like by building hugel culture garden beds or or creating a pile somewhere for wildlife where it's not a risk in terms of wildfires. But if that's not possible and you have to have a burn pile, um, please remember that only vegetation can be burned, uh, not construction wood, uh, certainly not plywood or painted wood or anything like that. I, when I drive around in the country, um, I often see burn piles ready to go that have all kinds of junk in them. And I just want to reiterate that it's, that that's not legal and it's not advisable because burning those substances creates toxic fumes, um, that will impact not only you if you stand around near it or but it will also impact all the critters and all the people who live around you so please burn only vegetation if you are uh, going to create a burn pile and also in your wood stove and also they mentioned it a little bit in this information that uh, you're supposed to use uh, only uh, a little bit of paper to start fires. I use those compressed, those sawdust compressed little things that you can buy in a box to start fires. They work really well. And that way I don't have to deal with paper. And I, because I don't subscribe to a newspaper, I wouldn't even have enough paper. And certainly um, you don't want to burn glossy magazines or anything that has a lot of color on it. And that's, uh, you know, that's uh, like really glossy. So that kind of uh, paper should go into recycling not into the wood stove
So that's about what I can think of in terms of wood burning. If you have any other questions, uh, please give me a call here in the studio, 895-2448. Um, as I said earlier, the and you can find more information at epa.gov if you look for their BurnWise homepage um, and just by typing wood uh, stove etiquette into your favorite search engine will bring up a lot of a lot of hits. So I'm going to go to a little music break now and when I come back, oh, there's a call. All right. Well, let's see. Let me push all the right buttons here. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Egg Living. Oops, hold on, hold on a second. Okay, start over again, please. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, good morning. What a, what a great show. Very informative. I, I like the uh, audio piece. Hopefully you're, um, you're hearing me loud and clear. I'm getting some weird feedback. Are you, are, is your radio turned off? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm... I, I'm hearing a little bit something too, but uh, I don't know. How, I don't know what else to do to stop it. So please go okay, ahead. Okay, I apologize. It's uh, the on area. Uh, anyway, uh, another very very important about burning your fire safely is to check your roof and your gutters and all around your house, and uh, check your spark arrestor. Uh, the spark arrestor is something to keep it from large pieces from flying out and catching leaves on fire around your house. So that's that's very important. And also, I'm glad they mentioned uh, the disposal of ashes. That's very, very important. It's the second leading cause of uh, fire place uh, fires uh, is improper disposal of ashes. So anyway, great show. Thanks for all the great info. Thank you for mentioning all of things. Those are such important factors. Yes, uh, California requires um, that you have a spark screen on your chimney, uh, and I think the opening is the required opening is half inch. So it's this is a kind of a, a kind of a, a hard hardware cloth that goes around the opening in your chimney, so that when you make a fire uh, and you happen to have some sparks flying out your chimney, hopefully. Uh, uh, especially like if you make it with paper and some burning paper might fly up, hopefully um, this, the, this uh, spark screen will catch that. Very, very important. Thank you so much, caller, for mentioning that. Also, if uh, if a spark flies out your chimney and catches dry vegetation on your roof or catches leaves in your gutters, yes, that's very, very important to remove those. I climbed up on the roof last weekend and cleaned out my gutters. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> it was really hard, too, because it had already rained and um, and it was wet. And so it was really, I, I really should have done it much earlier when it was still dry and I could have used a leaf blower to blow, blow all the stuff out of the gutters. That would have been much easier. Uh, so tip for next year, you know, Clean your gutters out early. We should keep them clean anyway, uh, all year long, because during the fire season, leaves and things in the gutter can also catch fire. And yes, um, the, uh, the something the caller didn't mention, but that's also really, really important. And we have lots of other calls. So uh, uh, please, callers, hold on. I will get to your calls in 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 just a second. Uh, a, uh, a carbon monoxide and a smoke detector. They make them now to where you don't even have to replace the battery, and they last a long time. And and they combine both the carbon monoxide detection and smoke detection in one device. So let's see if we can get other callers. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Duck Living. Hello. Yes, you're live on Wild Duck Living. Okay. Um, I've got a suggestion for starting fires. Okay. Uh, I know it kind of goes against what you said about putting um, junk in there, but I, I go down to any... Uh, grocery store behind there, they recycle their cardboard, but they don't recycle the cardboard that has 
paraffin in it. Mm-hmm. I cut that. I cut that into into about three by five or four about five by uh, five by eight sections, and I use that. I know it's petroleum. It does all that sort of stuff in the air, but that small piece, instead of having to buy them like you do, which has a, some of the same stuff in there, paraffin in it, uh, I just use uh, that. It kind of helps out because they don't know what to do with it in their, behind their stores, and they, they're glad to get rid of it. So that's just a suggestion I've been using for several years, and I would still heat it for 50 years here. And, Thanks, thanks for that information. I don't know what else might be in those cardboards, but but yeah, I mean, if it, if it works for you, thanks for thanks for offering that. Okay. Thank you. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Dog Living. Hello there. Hi. Uh, this is Deluxe, and I have something I'd like to present. I know that there is an article in Mother Earth News that tested firewood. And they claim that the most efficient use of firewood is green wood, wet wood even. So um, what I think is that there is water in the wood. That first has to turn to steam. That is heat. Now, the only way you can do this is to put that green wood on top of a full bed of coals. So this really uh, tends to be a larger fire than most people would have in their stove, so it's great for freezing time. But this article in Mother Earth News said, I believe, that Madrone was the best wood. But green wood is the most efficient. Now, I know that's controversial, and it is hard to deal with. You have to put it on a large amount of coals, a very bright red-orange coals. And then also, for tending and starting a fire, I suggest a metal tube that you blow air into the areas that are not quite lit yet, etc. So check that out. That article in Mother Earth News is a long time ago, decades ago, but they have an archive, and I'm sure you can find it. And thank you for all of your shows, and KZYX says radio. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, caller. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I, you know, as the caller mentioned, that article is decades old. I'd, I'd like to see this scientific data, recent scientific data that shows that that, that green wood is the most efficient way to burn wood. Here's the thing, what the EPA says and what, what many of the sources that I consulted in preparing for this show say is that when you burn wood that has more than 20% moisture and green wood would certainly be included in that, uh, you use a lot of the energy in the fire to evaporate that moisture first before you can burn the wood. And that energy is basically lost because um, you're not, you know, you're not creating uh, heat that can be used um, if, and that can be radiated from the wood stove. So um, I don't know about that. Um, so, but, and as far as bl- blowing blowing air, um, again, if it works for the caller, I would be careful because when you blow air, you also have to inhale to exhale, and I would be worried about breathing in uh, uh, smoke and breathing in some other particles. And we have another caller. Hello, caller. You're live on Wildlife well, Living. Hi, Johanna. This is Mary Rose in Fort Bragg. Hello, Mary Rose. 
I so appreciate this show because uh, I used to have a wood stove years ago, and I know um, how much work it takes, but it was always uh, not very hard once you got yourself organized. And uh, I'm seeing uh, a lot of chimneys here in town where the smoke is coming out. So this is so important for people to really understand how to burn a fire. One comment I wanted to offer was when people are burning burn piles outside, be careful you're not burning poison oak. Oh, yes. That smoke, smoke could uh, really harm people. I remember one person who had uh, a number of years ago, their whole face was swollen. So um, be careful, uh, people, what you burn. And thank you so much for the show. Your shows are always informative, and this is such an important one. I'm looking forward to it ending up on Jukebox so I could then share the link with other people. Oh, thank you so much, Mary Rose. I'm glad you called in and mentioned poison oak. That is so important. Yes, especially for people who are allergic to poison oak. Like like you said, that smoke can impact skin, but you can also inhale it and it can impact your lungs. I remember once, years and years ago, uh, a friend came in and, and with, with a friend who is not sensitive to poison oak, um, um, Cut some uh, poison, uh, a poison, very large uh, uh, patch with very old poison oak, with with the chainsaw, um, you know, far away from people. But I just happened to walk through that area, and I could immediately sense it in my lungs. And so, just be careful. Yeah. Do not burn poison oak. You are so right. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Thank Bye. you. All right, we are talking here on Wild Oak Living. It has turned into, I, I intended wood stoves and wood burning to be uh, one of several topics that I was going to cover today, but it has turned into the main topic for today's show, which is just fine because it is a very important topic and we have more calls. Hello, caller, you're live on Wild Oak Living. Oops. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to go through a couple things, especially with the fire safety part. Um, if you do not have a perimeter foundation, remember that there's a lot of dried leaves and stuff that are underneath your house. And um, so if you're burning outside piles and it's windy, be careful with that. Um, I also keep a water bottle, uh, just a plastic uh quart jug with two holes drilled in the top close to my fireplace um, and um, I add a little bit of soap to that water it acts as an infractant and will penetrate plastics and material a lot better than just straight water mm -hmm. um, if you live upstairs and your fireplace is downstairs Remember to have an escape route from the second story, uh, possibly a rope ladder and or a horn that you may use like on a boat for yachting to call for help from your neighbors if, if possible. And um, I think that's everything. Thanks, Johanna. 
Do you have Do you have any experience over here? Have you heard about those um, sticks that you can buy that where you, you rip the top off and you throw them into the fire and it stops the chimney fires? I don't. I have never tried those, but I have read about those that they those are available. And chimney fires is something we haven't talked about yet. But if you don't clean your chimney and especially if you burn wood that's not very dry, creosote deposits may form on the inside of your stovepipe. And the next time you have a really hot fire, that creosote on the inside of your stovepipe may catch fire. And chimney fires are no joke. Uh, they can burn whole houses down. And um, so the best way to prevent chimney fires is to burn really, really dry wood, to have your chimney cleaned regularly. Uh, at least once a year. Sometimes some people say twice during the fire season. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for those tips. Those are really really important tips. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for the show. Okay. Yeah, I, that is part of uh, part of wood stove safety is is to know what to do. What happens if a chimney fire happens? Um, uh, I'm not a I'm not a firefighter, so I'm I'm simply offering some of the things that I've read online, and that is the the most important thing is to keep the door closed, the door to the stove closed, and to turn down the air to turn down the air supply all the way down, to turn the damper all the way down, to starve the fire of oxygen coming up from below, um, and then it, before that even <laughs> I guess or at the same time call nine one one and uh, and make sure that that chimney fire is put out. Uh, I know a couple of people who've had chimney fires. Thankfully, they were able to um, have them put out, but they they can be the source of people's houses burning down. So really, really important. Keep that chimney cleaned and burn dry wood. And also, you know, burn when you first, like they said in the video, when you burn hot fires, because hot fires can help keep the creosote deposits down inside the stovepipes. Okay, well, we don't have any more calls on this topic. Um, it has turned into the main topic for the show today, so I'm happy to keep going with wood burning if there are additional callers who want to talk about that or if there are people who have questions or information to offer. Please give us a call. Uh, 895-2448 is the number here in the studio, 707-895-2448. I'm trying to see if there's anything that uh, we've had so many wonderful callers who've offered all this information that they shared. Um, I can't at this point think of anything else that uh, is related to that topic. So, oh, and we have another caller. <laughs> Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Oak Living. Yeah, I just wanted to add to the uh, chimney fire. Um, you had it all right, dampening it down, closing off the air source. But also, if you throw um, some water in there before you damp it down hard, the steam puts the fire out in the chimney. Um, it's a good tip. So throw, throw some water in, maybe like a quart or, you know, large glass, whatever's handy um, of water, mm -hmm. and then damp it down hard, and that usually puts them out. But you know then call 911 of course yeah right right have you have, are you have you heard about these sticks that one can throw in, into a, into the stove to put out a chimney no, fire not. yeah yeah nope. i i just found that information online but i have no idea if they work or not yeah i know the steam uh is really effective yes yes okay so just take like a quart jar of water and throw them throw it onto the fire yeah damp it you know it I'm not sure what's more important. You know, damp it down first, run, get your water, open it up, throw it in there, and then 
close it back up again. Yeah. Or if you have water handy, throw that in there and then damp it down as hard as you can. Yeah. I heard I heard so, from, from somebody who has had a chimney fire that the sound that that fire can make can be really frightening. So it I, is indeed, yeah. Oh, okay. I've, so I've see, been around a few of them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. so just <laughs> throw a little bit of water on them, dampen it down, call 911. Yep. Thank you so much for offering that information, okay. caller. Okay, well, thank you for your show. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, very important, very important. Chimney fires, we don't want to think about it, but, um, um, you know, they can happen, especially if chimneys aren't kept clean, if we don't burn uh, hot fires or or if we burn wet wood. And I know what it's like, you know, when, when for some, for whatever reason, your firewood runs out, the dry firewood you had, or you just haven't had a chance to make enough dry firewood, it, it happens, you know. And if, if that happens, if you have to, burn wood that's not optimal and it's then it's even more important to burn uh really hot fires uh well obviously not like dangerously hot fires but not to dampen down the fire once you started uh and and never letting it burn hot in the beginning so that so that uh, the, uh to prevent creosote deposits in your chimney and obviously if you have if you especially if you're burning wood that's not optimal have your chimney cleaned regularly many homeowner insurances by the way require that you clean your chimney at least once a year um, you might look at the specific in your homeowner's insurance contract. Some of them may even require that it be more cleaned more than once a year. And I think they actually require it to be cleaned by a professional. But I'm not sure. I, I suggest that you check out your homeowner's insurance policy and see what the requirements for your insurance are as far as keeping your chimney clean or in any other wood burning related things. And we have another caller. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Oak Living. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Um, you keep saying <laughs> that you need to have your um, your fireplace cleaned, you know, your, your pipes, but I can't find anyone anymore. I know, I've heard that. It was the local person here in Willits, and I can't reach him at all. So I'm, I'll probably put, um, put out a thing on the Internet looking for um, a... a, a a cleaner of um, the wood pipes. Yeah, a chimney sweep. It's called a chimney sweep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's called master soot. Yep. Right. Right. I've used. Them. I've I've worked with master soot before many years ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that is a that is a challenge. If, if uh, dear listeners, if you know of anybody who knows anything about chimney sweeps, please give us a call and offer that as a resource to our community. Thank you so much for calling in about that. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Hello, caller 11, Wild Oak Living. Please, t- please turn your radio off. No, we, caller, caller, we cannot hear you. Can you get closer to your phone and get into a quiet area? I'll try. Okay. So I'm wondering about all the fire protection hot spots and where are coming down. Can we get that on fire? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing your voice very faintly in the background, but mostly I'm hearing noise. Sorry. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Okay. Sorry, caller, about that, but I really couldn't make out what the caller was, was saying. Something about fire safety or fire prevention. I'm not sure. But if you if you can get to a quieter area, maybe you can give us a call back and uh, and we can talk about this. And meanwhile, we have another caller. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Duck Living. Hi. Um, about the chimney sweep thing. Yes. And I've called about this, too, just get... Uh, seasonally when to bring the stuff up on shows now when everybody's thinking about hiring a chimney sweep is you know in the fall right so what we need is the reminders on the off season and get as many people who can to do their chimney sweeping between the end of fire season you know between the end of wood stove season mm-hmm. and you know, throughout the summer. Right. Yeah. That's when we want people to hire those chimney sweeps. Because, A, uh, you've got a better chance of getting one. And, B, the chimney sweep has a better chance of making a little money year-round. Yes. And also has safer working conditions. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you for that reminder. I will put that on my calendar. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello, caller. Live on Wild Duck Living. Uh, hi. Uh, yes. Two things I'd like to add. Uh, one, on storing your firewood, uh, I know when you're using it, it's nice to have it close to the house, but uh, for fire safety um, during the warm season, it's better, you know, at least 30 feet from the house. Yes. Uh, so that you don't have uh, a danger in case of fire. And second, on chimney sweeps, yeah, I couldn't find one either. The last one we had had a uh, uh, flexible uh, sweep, looked like a uh, like a string, string trimmer at the end, and flexible rods that he plugged into a drill, just a quarter-inch drive drill, and run them up through the fireplace. Yes. I, I used to clean my own chimney by going up on the roof and plunging it with a pipe and a uh, rigid brush, and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm a little too old. But uh, uh, a quick check. I found them on uh, Amazon. They're around seventy-five bucks for a uh, uh, twenty-five foot length. You know, I, I've I've heard about those and I've looked at those online. The question I had is, how do you keep uh, all the soot and and dust and things from flying into your house as you do that? Is there a method well, to that? Yeah, fortunately, the uh, the last time we had a chimney sweep was uh, a year ago, two years ago actually. And it was the guy that sold us our stove, and we called him this year, and he said, nah, it's too far to go. He, he's actually south of Santa Rosa, and uh, it's not worth his while. Like, so, <clears throat> but he did it, and that's what he used. And, uh, uh, well, hopefully your, the chimney itself inside the house is, you know, good and sealed. It's, you know, the joints aren't, aren't going to leak soot. But uh, uh, basically just uh, taped a shroud over the door. Okay. And ran it up so mm-hmm. that, you know you contained it. And what he had was also a, uh, a small vacuum. And you just stuck the hose in there inside the uh, firebox, which you cleaned first. And then while he was running the uh, the uh, brush up the stove, uh, just sucked it out as it came down. Mm-hmm. So you had very little coming into the house. It was it was an amazingly clean job. Wow. Okay, so they lo- they look like like a weed whacker at the end. I know with strings, and and they 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 are operated with a power drill. Yeah, yeah. Got flexible rods are about three or four feet long, 
and they just snap together. Yeah. Uh, you add them on as you uh, run it further up the chimney. Yeah, and I think they they make those string heads uh, depending on the size of your ch- stovepipe. There's different sizes for those. Yeah. 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 Wow! Thanks so much for reminding me about that. I had I had f- looked into that and then forgotten about it. But that is a really good way of sounds like a really good way of cleaning your stovepipe without climbing on the roof. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Great idea. Thanks so much for calling in. Bye bye. Yeah, I had looked at those weed whacker type chimney cleaners as well, and like I said, I had sort of forgotten about it because at the time I couldn't figure out how to not do it without getting a lot of dirt into the house. But this caller has just described a method of doing that, so I might try that. Another thing that that people might try in terms of getting chimney sweeps, sweeps is you know if your whole neighborhood gets together, somebody from Santa Rosa or further afield might be motivated to come up and clean your chimney. Um, so we only have about two minutes left in this show. Um, this has turned into a wood stove show, and I'm really happy about that because it seems like we had a lot of information. Um, um, caller, I only have about a minute left, so uh, if you want to just quickly uh, share what you want to share with us. I have a chimney sweep on my roof right now, and his name is Kale. His phone number is 707 707- Two seven two nine two six two. All right. Say that phone number again. Seven zero seven two seven two nine two six two. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Well, that's what I love about community radio. You call out and you reach out and you shall be given. <laughs> Thank you so much for that information. We have more calls coming in, but it is 9.59. And in a few seconds, I'm going to be handing, ending the show and turning it over to our studio in Philo. So thank you so much for all the callers, uh, all the information you shared. You've been listening to Wild Oak Living. I'm Johanna Wild Oak. I will be back two weeks from today. If you would like to find out in advance what the topic is going to be, send me an email to contact at wildoak.org. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.